the first one is just going to be that upfront kind of idea. So I'll break them down all, all five of them real quick for you. One is going to be the upfront money. Second one is going to be your recurring revenue, whatever that looks like. Um, third one is, is kind of something that, that we do. And Dwayne, I think is kind of doing this now with his health coaching is kind of like a bolt on. So you have like your normal membership and then you're bolting on like another membership on top of that. For over 260 episodes, Dwayne Brummett and Ali Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level. Welcome to another edition of SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Now here's your host, Dwayne and Ali. All right, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, good morning, sir. Good morning to you as well. I think we need to work on that intro a bit. It's not as clear as uh, and seamless. We have to figure out how to get Zoom to make it much more pro. But uh, at least uh, this yeah. is only our second time doing uh, doing Zoom this way. So you yeah. know. Hey, but the good news is my microphone and my camera work, so that's good. Yeah, well, the reason we got to switch to Zoom is because you, you don't know how to do technology. No, I, don't, I don't know how to get be live to work at all, but hey, listen, let me introduce our guest. I'm super excited. I'm going to quickly just go over a little bit about who this person is and, um, you know, uh, as an 11 year old, he's been, I mean, as doing the martial arts schools for 11 years, an owner, he outside of Baltimore, Maryland, um, Lance started his own BJJ, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Academy in the back of a, a friend's Taekwondo studio, which happens to a lot of us, right? We start off in dance centers and start off in a gym somewhere and so on. And he had three students and today he's grown his business to over 600, listen to that, 600 students and generating well over a million dollars. I mean, that's like the dream come true for most business owners in the school industry. And um, he's taken all the systems and his processes that it took to grow his school. And he's sharing it now with hundreds of martial arts school owners as a coach and consultant and through this program that he has. Um, and uh, he teaches them so uh, they don't have to waste their hard earned money, money and time. And he's helping them hit numbers that are unimaginable. So uh, we're super excited today to have you on our call. and. Uh, uh, how do you say your last name? Is it Trippet? Trippet, yep. Yeah, so this is Lance Trippet, and uh, I'm so so excited to have you here. Welcome to our podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. I've, yeah. been, uh, I've been watching you guys for a while now, so it's uh, it's kind of exciting to be on here. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Dwayne and I have, uh, we've, this, what is this, 268? 270. This is 270. 270 episodes. Uh, that's crazy. Like, that's, you know, that's amazing. Yeah, if for nothing else, we're pretty stubborn, right? Like we, <laughs> we don't give up that easy, right? So it's pretty cool. But it's fun to see that there are so many people out there that are getting what we call golden nuggets, you know, like those little gems from these, these uh, interviews. So I'm sure they're going to pick up on a lot of really great things from you too as well. So here's the interesting thing. So I'm a traditional martial artist. Dwayne is a traditional martial artist. You're into the Brazilian jiu-jitsu system, which could be considered very traditional, right? In, in many regards, but it's also has the MMA component. So sure. maybe to jump right in, um, how do you- well, I started also traditional with Kempo, um, oh, okay. Ed Parker, Kempo Karate and, uh, and Taekwondo when I was uh, way younger. But uh, yeah, so I, like I'm kind of in the traditional aspects uh, as well as kind of the MMA side of it. Um, well, I was going to ask you, do you find there's an extreme difference on the way an MMA BJJ school may run their business versus a traditional karate school or martial arts school? Because I think a lot of people might be saying, well, what am I going to learn from this BJJ guy? I do Shotokan, you know, and vice versa. Like, what am I going to learn from the Shotokan 
traditionalists and I'm a BJJ school. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think first, actually, most of the karate martial art kind of traditional, I guess you'd say, uh, uh, school owners, like they actually have it a lot. They have the, the basic programs down a lot better, I think, than a lot of the jujitsu guys. Okay. Um, I think the jujitsu guys kind of came in after, you know, obviously karate, kempo, taekwondo, things like that were in the States, you know, for 30, 40 years before jujitsu became popular. So it got that Americanized business side to it a little bit mm-hmm. uh, where like jujitsu came and it was just like, hey, we're going to go in here and beat a bunch of people up. And if they stay, they're going to stay. And if they don't, they, they don't. Right. Uh, so I think, you know, the karate martial art, t- typical uh, traditional martial arts that you think about actually have a step up on a lot of the jujitsu programs. Um, we're trying to catch up um, and, and change some things in the industry. But, uh, but I think, you know, it's all knowledge. Um, I think business is business, whether you're selling, you know, uh, ice cream or martial arts. So, uh, all of the concepts and principles are going to be the same. It's just a lot of times molding them to fit your actual, uh, business. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, do you find that, um, you know, working with a, since you're, I mean, you're known more for obviously jujitsu than anything Mm -hmm. else, right. Um, that, more jujitsu schools want to work with somebody that has a jujitsu background and has their own jujitsu school as opposed to somebody that doesn't? I think a lot of the jujitsu guys are, are uh, conceited or uh, I don't know, big egos or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think, you know, they, they say like jujitsu is the best and everything else is kind of under that. And um, so I think, yeah, probably helps uh, that I, you know, that I'm a second degree black belt in Brazilian jujitsu um, in that aspect, but we work with Krav Maga schools. We work Taekwondo schools, uh, regular, you know, um, karate and all like that. So, uh, but I think a lot of the jujitsu guys definitely have egos to that jujitsu is the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I, I think that's interesting too, because I, on my end, I see that as well, but in the opposite direction. So like a lot of the traditionalists, they think that they're, you know, they deserve so much more and they're, they're, you know, they are expecting, uh, certain things because they put a lot of time into their training and they're at a higher level and, and you know, and so on. And I don't think it's any of the stuff that we're talking about. Ego um, expectations doesn't matter when it comes to business, right? It's all about hard work and systems and, and paying attention to what you're running in your business. Yeah, no, we have a, we have a couple, you know, world champion, black belt, jujitsu guys, uh, red belt, you know, they've, they've have systems named after themselves and things like that. And, um, you know, it's kind of like that, that field of dreams. Like if I build it, they will come and like they build it and nobody comes. And then, uh, all of a sudden they're like, okay, I need to figure out this marketing stuff, or I need to figure out how to advertise or, you know, that I, I think a lot of people, I'm not just jujitsu guys, but in general, I think people think their medals and acclimates and tournaments and things like that are going to get them a lot further than they do. Obviously, if you're maybe some super famous George St. Pierre, like, yeah, you probably get people to come to your school, but um, for the, you know, the average world champion or something like that, it it really doesn't matter. Um, And I, I kind of always joke them, you know, because they'll be like, oh, well, I have this or, you know, that doesn't fit my marketing or my brand or, and then um, I I say, hey, like, hey, do me a favor, like, if you walk around your town, how many autographs are people asking you for? 
well, you know, nobody's really asking me for an autograph. Yeah, because no one knows who you are. <laughs> like, you know, it's like within five miles of your house, if no one's asking you for autographs, you're probably not that popular. <laughs> well, and you know, you can be actually be that, you can be that popular and be a horrible business uh, yeah. person and also a horrible teacher because, you know, sometimes you have uh, okay black belts, right? But they are phenomenal teachers, you know, uh, Phil Jackson, for the you know was was a was a basketball player but he was nothing like Michael Jordan no but he was a phenomenal coach that could get the best out of his his uh you know his players so there's 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 always a, a you know there are many different levels that you can perform on but if you can't perform on the ones that are necessary <laughs> right to survive then uh, exactly. you're pretty much screwed in the business right yeah, yeah. And I had an, in my town, I won't mention the martial artist, but very famous, very famous movie star. They opened up a super center in my area. And I said that it was going to fail within four months. I mean, it was like the size of a supermarket, no doubt. <laughs> um, but I knew it would fail because number one, it was just his name and name alone. He wasn't even there personally teaching. So once people joined and they got to see that they weren't going to meet the legend, um, then why bother being under that name brand? And the prices were astronomical. And really, honestly, uh, it didn't have what they, you know, everyone expected, you know, as far as quality of instructors, because they were mediocre guys from Long Island anyway that were teaching in their schools. Now they're running at the super center. So, yeah. they, you know, it didn't make a difference. So they closed within four months, millions of dollars invested and they lost everything. Mm. So I have a good question for you. So um, yeah. what do you think? And now every area is different state by state. But what do you think the industry is dealing with right now with COVID? How do you see people coming out of it? Do you see schools growing? A lot of schools going out of business. What's, what's your general thought on that? I mean, I think a lot of schools will go out of business. Um, but I think the ones that will last will thrive. Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing huge, you know, we, we signed up 58 people at my gym last month. Wow. Um, so it's, you know, we're seeing huge increases. Um, we're in Maryland. Things are just now we were at 50% capacity last month. This month they changed it. Like we're kind of open. We have to wear masks and stuff, but um, so we're, we're capacity wise, we're back to normal. Um, wow, but, but people are, you know, people are coming in, people are, are opting into our leads, you know, our forms and, and organically and websites and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think the ones that are hurting are, probably not going to make it. Um, and then the ones that survive, I think will really thrive. I think they'll pick up a lot of that market share. That's great. Great news. Yeah. What, uh, I, I wanted to ask you, what, what do you think is the, the, the mindset that, you know, we have, we as martial artists now have to have in order to not only survive, but, but to actually, you know, thrive. Cause I, I think the problems in business are really the problems that are actually between our head, right? Yeah. So what what's the what's the the mindset shift that has to happen in order to be successful in this now? Uh, well, I think the major thing is that we need to be as owners compensated for our skills and our knowledge and our business. Um, I think most uh, most owners don't value themselves or their skills or their skill sets. Uh, quite the way they should. So, um, you know, and, and, and not even others, like I was the same way, you know, four or five years ago, we were doing a, a kickboxing program. We were selling it for 69 or $89 a, a month. Um, and literally within one shift of mindset, we like looked at the bills and we said, man, this doesn't make sense. 
Um, and we raised that price to uh, $200 a month and we lost a couple people, but like we brought new people in and, and what it was, was like the product never changed. Like the system of teaching, like the instructors, like none of that changed. It was just, we were pricing it at the wrong price. And when we raised that price, like that $200 price point was the actual price that people were willing to pay. But us as business owners, we didn't have the confidence in it. So um, a lot of times I think, you know, people struggle with that and they, they look to the neighbor, they look down the street, they think, oh, my area, and, and they price it accordingly to that. And they don't price things and, and get the money that they need to survive as a business. That, that's a really interesting thing. So um, for people who are listening, I think that's a really, really great golden nugget, a little piece of information that they should understand that not necessarily do they have to run with the, the, the pack, in other words, price-wise with all the other schools, they have to find out where their value is and be confident enough to sell it, right, at what they're worth. So what yep. we find what, Yeah, well, and Allie and I both decided last year during the middle of COVID, you know, uh, I think it was, I don't know when you, you switched, but I know I did come September was I went ahead and raised my price. I'm right. like, I'm not charging this price anymore. I'm raising my price. I need to make up for what I'm, I'm losing. And yep. yeah, so even in the middle of COVID, I raised my prices. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and you really think about it. And if someone doesn't understand that, then like they don't understand economics in general, like uh, supply and demand. Like if I'm only allowed 25% occupancy or 50% occupancy, I have to, I have to still pay my bills at hundred percent occupancy. So right. I need to be able to raise those prices or I need to at least price things accordingly to my business model and, and, and hopefully at the end, having a profit, you know, the, the problem I see in a lot of martial arts schools is uh, in general, like they, most schools only have about two to three months of reserves. So you look at COVID people are thinking, Oh, it's going to be 30 days. We're going to be shut down. Then we'll be right back open. And we're talking almost a year later now that we're still at occupancy, you know, uh, restrictions at mask restrictions. Some people still aren't even open at all. Um, you know, so if you only had two months of reserves and you're really, you're really hurting. <laughs> yeah. And in, in our state too, we're still, we're conflicting. I'm from New York. So unless maybe you're a, a hot looking 17 year old, the governor's not going to give you any deals. Now, just because <laughs> he's, he's been held up on harassment charges recently. Oh, um, that's my plug. I don't really love what happened. So I'm very angry with him. Uh, I just have to be clear at that. But, but I, we're still at 33% capacity. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, where the restrictions are so confusing, contact sports are allowed to reopen, but only through the public school system. If they have COVID tests and this and that, and if everyone's vaccinated, those vaccinated people can work together, but they can't work with non-vaccinated people. I was just going, <laughs> it's the most amazing thing. If you read the logic, it makes absolutely no sense. I was just no. going through our state um, to try to figure out where we fit in. I just said, you know what, I'm going to just continually do what I'm doing. We're thriving right now. I'm not going to make all these major changes because they're only going to change it two weeks from now anyway. So, so Dwayne, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask, um, you know, what your thoughts were on continuing the whole zoom thing for schools, because I know some schools, they didn't even switch to zoom. They said, I'm just not doing classes. Mm -hmm. uh, others, I know in the beginning, Ali and I talked back and forth, you know, after one September hit, I said, I'm, I'm done with zoom. And, and uh, he goes, you can't be done with zoom. Like he talked yeah. me out of it. 
And uh, I still have Zoom going on for people that won't come in. So where do you kind of see, you know, the virtual classes, you know, in the future? I think it's uh, here to stay, uh, you know, and the, the thing is, you, you know, you have a student base, maybe 10%, maybe 20%, maybe 50%, depending where you are, um, aren't comfortable coming in yet. So if you can give them that, that service, like they're, you know, and they're willing to pay for it, obviously, um, you can, you can continue that service. One thing that, that you want to do is actually, though, make it streamlined so that, uh, you know, try to attach it to another class uh, versus like having a Zoom only class, you know, you want to, you want to make these systems and processes as simple as you can for you, your staff, whoever, so that you're not having to do an extra class that you're not maybe generating extra revenue for. But if you can streamline it, it's like, hey, push the button. And now we're on Zoom for the, for the, you know, five o'clock class, then it makes sense. And, and then it's just training and, and coaching of your staff or yourself to say like, hey, remember every five minutes, you got to walk over and talk to the Zoom and make sure that the people are interacting. And so now it's not just, you know, you're focusing on the class and it's just a camera. Now it's still an interactive uh, situation. I think yeah. people will continue to pay for it. I really think it's a great model that people can use also to generate revenue. Um, when when COVID hit, we, we pivoted everybody in March that's in our group um, to the online stuff. And we were selling a six-week program for $2.99 over the phone uh, to, to the people to do a regular martial arts training. Um, you know, and I got a lot of flack for that, especially in the jiu-jitsu community. Because like, oh, you can't teach jiu-jitsu online, blah, blah, blah. You know, all the same stuff. Like, I can't get that price around here. Same mindset things that people yeah. forget about. And reality is that, again, I'm selling to 5, 10, 15 miles around my facility most of those people are brand new, like they've never done jujitsu. So this is a really easy way for them to enter the market, right? To enter the, the facility online. They don't have to worry about getting beat up. They don't have to worry about getting hurt. They're at home. They're getting used to all of the people. And then I can use that as a trial. And then it's like, hey, by the way, are you ready to come and try a class in person now? So like, I think there's a lot of opportunity there for people to advertise, market, sell online, and then even use that to bring them into, uh, into the academy. And I know like for us, we, uh, you know, we record the, uh, the virtual classes and, and then we actually put them in the app yep. uh, and they can do them on demand. So if they weren't able to make the class, whether it's virtual or in-person and they're not making a private lesson to make it up, they can actually do the virtual or excuse me, the on-demand class and then just message us through the app and say hey i did class so and so and then we can give them credit for it perfect hey you know what I, I have to say though um zoom has opened up a whole new a whole new world for me as an number one it made all of the instructors i think that did it well better as teachers right um uh, but but i i have 10 students from around the wor world that are training that moved away that was never gonna train with me ever again. They, they have a new family down in North Carolina. And now they're training with their son on Zoom through my video series and live classes. I have another girl in Florida, hasn't trained since she's 16, she's 32, just rejoined and she's training. Now they'll come and visit, maybe do a live class here or there, but at least they're connected. That's all they care yeah. about being connected to our school. And they missed that. They, that's yeah. okay. And we do three camera angles every class. Like in our, we start our class at four. The program, we just run consistently until eight. We don't ever shut it off. And then people have the link. 
they click in and boom, there we let them in. Of course, obviously we have to allow them in the sure. class. And now they're there and, um, and we'll have five or six people, eight people that couldn't make it. The parents are running late from work or, sure. they, you know, they couldn't make it in. So Zoom has been a, a real blessing for us as well. And I'm glad Dwayne didn't shut down. So I have some friends that were like, that's it. We're back. Zoom is out. And then they had a lot of people that were uncomfortable that just said, well, yeah. we're not coming in. I don't care if you're or everyone's allowed to come in. We're not comfortable. So we're quitting and we want to out of our membership. I'm like, why can't you just keep Zoom running? Like, <laughs> what? what's the big deal it's not like you had to do anything you know but yeah. they shot themselves in the foot really yeah absolutely and we even had a lot of people uh like you said a lot uh, even when it happened a lot a lot of the owners and said like oh i'm not going to do that i'm not doing the yeah. online stuff and you know uh, same thing i have a buddy of mine that does jujitsu down in i'm in maryland he's in myrtle beach south carolina um, he was at a, a school down there. They just basically closed up and didn't do anything. Oh. And he was on our virtual stuff. And he's like, this is amazing. Like my school's not doing anything. Um, so this is really great that, that we have this. And he comes to town and visits. He grew up here, but uh, yeah. he shared it out to all the people at his school. And we got a, we picked up a bunch of people that way. You know, it's interesting. Our good buddy, he's a former Navy SEAL. His name is Kenny Bigby, good, great Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. And he was doing a lot of stuff that he even built a BJJ buddy. It's very famous, his video oh, on YouTube, you know, and he made yeah. it, he put it together with sweatshirts and pants. And, <laughs> and uh, But he was running drills. I mean, like, just there's no reason why, because we as teachers, you don't always have to have a partner. You could still drill you know, one arm bar drill from, from mount position or right. you know, whatever. So there's no reason why these people had to shut down. And I feel bad for the school owners who had that limited mindset, right? But they're like, yeah. oh, I'm done. This is it. My life is over. You know, yeah. and they closed and they either went out of business or shut down for long enough and were devastated with enrollment. And, uh, and, and, I, and I think that's, you know, I think that's a, a coaching thing. Like, and that's why, like, I, I like coaches. I have personal mentors and coaches and I think coaching in general is good because it, it does, it helps you open that mindset. It helps you kind of when things like this happen and you're kind of like shutting down, it's like, no, like, Hey, we're going to do this, this, you know, get this thing rolling. And you right. have that, that ability to break that belief and then start to, you know, push forward on it. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think everybody should have a coach mentor and then uh, also have, you know, your, your, three, four, five group of, of mastermind friends, if you will, that you bounce ideas off of because yeah, it's, it's just so important. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's how you grow. That's how you grow. Yeah. So, so here's a good question for you. So I know BJJ is normally, well, you do have a kid market as well, but I'm sure your adult market is pretty strong, right? Yep. So, we, we kind of have it split three ways. We have kids, adult, and, um, and Muay Thai. It's kind okay. of our three, three split. So do you find, and, and I'm finding this, and it's interesting because all my Facebook marketing that's working, I'm getting leads coming in with, with adults. Mm -hmm. The majority of my adults are not showing up for their first class. Do you think that there's a certain thing that people in adults are, like I find some of them are very afraid. They're nervous. They're not sure what to expect. What are, what are your thoughts on nurturing the adults through the door to get them to come in and do their trial class or come and sign up. So, so I'm like super big on data, right? So trying to track all of those data points. Um, and what we found is, uh, so originally on lead nurture kind of ideas, uh, there's a lot kind of going on, right? And there's, a, and, and this could be kids or adults, but the idea is, is one convenience where we used to think, and this was before we were tracking a lot of the data. Uh, we used to think that people, uh, 
you want to have like scarcity, meaning like, hey, I, I only have these two appointment slots. Everything else is booked. I'm really busy. And now these are the open slots for you. Uh, and what we found actually, once we started tracking all that data is you want to have as much availability as possible. And so what we recommend for our, our people, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to noon on Saturdays. And if you can do Sundays, do Sundays. But uh, basically the theory, or at least why we think this, this makes sense, is because um, people will set appointments. Like you might get a lot of set appointments, Correct. but when it comes to actually people showing up, uh, they don't show up uh, if you have that limited um capacity or limited um, availability. So when you open up that availability, at least what we think is going on is that if you have uh, any availability at all, they're picking actually what's convenient for them versus like uh, what's convenient for us. Like we want to be there from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. And that's when we want our appointments. But you look at a business, business is open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. or anything like that. So a lot of times I think what happens is we have a very small window of appointments available for people. People pick that because they think they can make it. And then what happens is life gets in the way. They pick up their kid late from school. Then it's like, oh, I got to reschedule this or that. So if you can actually have a really wide availability, they get to pick what's convenient for them versus what's convenient for us. And then we've seen, you know, we see 70, 80% uh, show up rates, even in our adult programs um, by having that availability open. That's interesting. Do you feel that there is a, a barrier where, like I'll give you an example. We had a guy the other day that he made six appointments and canceled them all. And finally I, I sent him a more, I call it aggressive text message. Like, hey, listen, do you really want to do this or are you just wasting <laughs> our time? No, 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 I want to come in. I said, but you got to show up this time. And, and when he did come in, Monday night, loved the class. Signed up, right? Yeah, well, he, he we put him in a free month and then probably by class five, I'm going to get him uh, you know, to convert. Um, but here's the interesting thing. The guy had such a good time, he wouldn't even leave. Like he was the last guy there. I had to say, listen, I got to set the alarm on the building. I'm like walking out the door to go home and eat dinner. And I, I left. I said, it's okay if I leave. And I drove away. He's still standing in front of the building, like staring at it. That's how much good fun time he had. But he did tell me that... Um, he was nervous and afraid. And that's why he didn't show for the first four times. And, yeah. and my fiance trained with me for a while. And she said that was the most intimidating thing she's ever done in her life. And it's my school and I'm the teacher. And she still felt intimidated. So I wondered if you found a way around that, if you find that to be part of the psychological makeup that some adults, or maybe not in the BJJ. So, uh, so a couple of things. One is actually what we found, again, going back to the data is like, um, people that reschedule, they make up 15% of our sales. So if they are willing to reschedule and, and even if they reschedule multiple times, um, that will actually make up 15% of our sales. So it's actually a really good thing if they reschedule. Um, if they don't show up or never text you back or never respond, obviously they're, they're not good. But if they take the time to reschedule, they're actually really willing to come back. And typically we see about 15% of our total sales come from rescheduling appointments. That's a big, it's, it's actually not a bad thing where people can, can, you know, obviously that one dragged out a little bit more than normal, but um, it, it is a good sign that they probably will sign up. Okay. Um, the other thing is, so the way we do it is slightly different. We do what we call more of a consultative um, approach. So 
uh, we don't have them come in for like a class or something like that. We have them come in for a tour and we do a consultation and we sit down. So we kind of use more of like a doctor or lawyer approach where it's like, come in, tell me about your problems. And then I'm going to prescribe you a solution um, to that problem. So that's kind of the approach that we take. Um, so uh, at least for us, for our program, it's not as intimidating because they're not coming in for a class. They're okay. not coming in for a program. They're coming in just for a, a nice talk. Great. That's interesting. I um, I, I know it's easier when a parent brings in a child because they're like, hey, listen, you want to go? We're going to go. I, and then they, they may say, I don't want to go. They're like, no, no, we made a commitment because parents don't care. They're not doing yeah. it. But when it comes <laughs> to themselves, they feel a little bit more uh, conscientious of it. But those are great tips, though. I like that 15% of reschedules. That, yep. That's a big, do you find this in the industry? And Dwayne, I'm sorry, I'm on one topic too long. Um, okay. But uh do you find in the industry a lot of school owners will give up like after the first cancellation or they don't want to follow up on the phone or text messaging more than a few times? They're like, I don't want to bother people. I don't want to be yep. a, what do you think, what do you, what can you tell school owners about that? Uh, literally call them and text them until they ask you to quit calling them and texting them, <laughs> you know? Uh, and again, this is, um, we use a software that actually automates a lot of this for us. Um, but, uh, and, and our software goes out about six weeks. So we'll continue for about six weeks um, and different messages, not just like, hey, you coming in, you know, like checking in on the, hey, you okay? Like what's going on? Like a bunch of different messages and things like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, typically people, you know, and especially if you're getting a lot of leads, they're only gonna, they're only staff, people like that are only going to um, reach out about two or three days is typically what we find. Uh, and then that lead is now lost. Okay. So yeah, you want to continue, whether that's setting up some kind of automated campaign. I know you guys use Spark. Um, so some kind of automated campaign through Spark. Yeah. We use like Scipio and text messaging platforms to drop them into campaigns where again, they're just constantly getting nurtured and, and um, given new information about the program or, or, Hey, check this video out, or, Hey, this is a bio or whatever it might be. Love but it. again, just that constant nurture, but, but really like they opted in for something. Uh, and we want to uh, continue to, you know, the idea is like, you're either here to help people or you're not here to help people. If what you're selling is going to help kids, adults, fitness, nutrition, whatever it is, you're obligated to help and annoy them until you can help them and solve yeah. that problem. Well, so like, I, that's kind of where I come from on this. It's like, I'm not annoying them. Like I'm trying to help them. And I know my program is going to help them solve that problem. Yeah. And I love that. And, and, and if, if one analogy could help school owners, like if you were a doctor and someone came in and they had an illness and they weren't sure if they wanted to take the prescription or the medicine, you wouldn't just throw your hands up in the air. Even though my doctor does that, he's like, hey, you should do this. And I go, I don't want to. He's like, okay, you know, don't bother. <laughs> but I mean, you, your obligation is to try to get them to do what's right for them, even if it takes more work. And I think that that's important. Yeah. So Dwayne wants to jump in with the, the, the five pillars or okay. the five income levels that you said you would like to discuss sure, sure. with school owners. So Dwayne, did you have some questions on that? Uh, no, I, no, I, I mean, I, I want to get into that, but... Um, well, I was just going to, I was going to say something with regards to what we just talked about, but uh, now I can't remember if you can believe that. <laughs> I'm right? sorry. My no, that's all right. Interrupted you. About no, helping no, no, no. people through your program, maybe? Oh yeah. I was just going to say, um, you're, you're exactly right with regards to the fact that you, 
you know, you stay on them, you help them, you send it because they can opt out if they don't want the emails anymore. Yep. They can they can text you back and say, would you stop texting me? So yep. you're not a bother. And I'll give you a, for instance, this weekend, I went, we went and saw my son play. Uh, he's in college. He plays volleyball. And we went and watched them play. And, and uh, there was a, a mom there who were Facebook friends and she sees, you know, my health and wellness coaching posts. And she said, Hey, I just want you to know that I've been following you and I'm just not ready to do it yet. But when <laughs> I am, when I am, I'm going to reach out to you. And I said, okay. And I can assure you that she's never, ever liked or commented on any of those posts at all, ever. Yeah. And so, the, yeah. So what I'm saying is like you talked about that, that constant follow-up, that nurturing is not a waste of time. And what you said, the smart thing to do is if you can automate it, then you should automate that process because then it's something that you don't have to do. So I appreciate that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, so let's get into the, the, the five cash kingdoms of business that you wanted to talk about. And I, okay. I, I, I find it intriguing because I've not, uh, not heard this topic before. So, yeah, so, so our program is called the Academy Kings. So we try to do everything around like kings and queens and all of that kind of stuff. So I just gave it a cool little name of the cash kingdoms. But, uh, you know, so the, the whole idea of this kind of system or, or uh, you know, you always want to make more money, right? So kind of thinking of like lifetime value of a client. Um, it's always better to get more money from a client than it is to try to go grab new clients. Um, so in general, and this is like a um, Jay Abrams, like way back in the day kind of idea, but there's there's in general three ways to grow your business. Um, and, and so I kind of, again, nicknamed it the three mo's. Um, and it's like mo people, uh, mo money or uh, mo often. So, you know, more often, more people or, um, or more money. Um, so that's kind of the idea of, of where the cash kingdoms came from is, you know, I either have to get more people into my business to make more money. Um, and that's typically what most academies or, or business owners do. It's like, I need more leads. I need more leads because the more people they get, they can generate more revenue, um, you know, or we can get more money from those people um, and we can get them to buy more often. So those are kind of like more people are getting more money is going to be like a value ladder. Like they come in for a, a trial, you, they pay $69. We move them into a membership and now that's a value ladder kind of idea. Um, or more often is like getting them to buy uh, memberships uh, more often, right? So now they're in that recurring mode. Um, and then I can keep adding things to that to get that lifetime value up. So that's kind of the idea of where this originally kind of came from. Uh, and then, you know, the idea of like, okay, so if I take the first one out more people, like how do I, um, how do I generate more revenue to get that lifetime value, you know, in my, in my school higher. Um, so we, you know, obviously we want that lifetime value. We want to know those numbers because if I'm doing a paid in full play uh, and my lifetime value for a student is $2,000, I don't want to have a $500, um, you know, offer to them or a thousand dollar offer, because in general, I'm going to get 2000 over the lifetime of that member. So I want it to be closer to that lifetime value. Um, so the metrics are important to, to follow that data and start to do that. But so the five kind of cash kingdoms, one is just going to be upfront cash, right? So whether that's, um, revenue upfront, meaning like a high ticket offer for the front end, maybe it's a pay in full, maybe it's some kind of down payment that you're working with them. But you want to have some kind of offer at the beginning that generates a lot of revenue. 
it, it builds a lot of different things. It gives us the ability to advertise more. So if we want to scale faster, we can do that. Um, we do a $600 for six week program. Um, they come in, we talk to them, we, we sell them a six week program for $600. Um, and then from there, we will start to move them into that recurring model. Um, so that's kind of how we, we set up that front end. You know, a lot of people might do a, a same day close where you're trying to get a paid in full or, uh, you know, a down payment or something like that. But, but the idea is to have some kind of front end cash coming into your business so that you can, you know, generate more revenue off of that. Um, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Now, do you have different tiers to that five, those five cash kingdoms? Like, are there um, components like membership sales, renewal? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So the, the first one is just going to be that upfront kind of idea. So I'll break them down all, all five of them real quick for you. One is going to be the upfront money. Second one is going to be your recurring revenue, whatever that looks like. Um, third one is, is kind of something that, that we do. And Dwayne, I think is kind of doing this now with his health coaching is kind of like a bolt on. So you have like your normal membership and then you're bolting on like another membership on top of that. Um, uh, from there you go into like an upsell. So the upsells are number four. Um, and then number five is going to be like one-offs, maybe like a seminar or something like that. Um, but so like, you know, number two, that recurring is like getting them into that monthly, you know, think of about your value ladder. You bring them in, like for us, we bring them in at that $600 price point for six weeks. We then sell them into our membership. We sell them that membership at $49 a week. So now we're at, you know, basically it's like, hey, you paid 99 a week to get started. Now we're gonna make you a really good deal and you're only gonna pay 49 a week. So it kind of flip-flops the typical model of like a lower end front end offer or a free offer to where, now you like, they, they get something for free and then you're trying to say, hey, now it's 200 bucks a month where this is like, hey, you were paying hundred a week. Now you're gonna pay 50 a week. So it actually cuts the price in half for them. Uh, so it kind of flip-flops that model slightly. That's great. Um, and then number three would be that bolt-on. So like for us, we do supplements, um, we do health coaching. We don't have the, the intricacies of Dwayne's but we do the same thing. So our normal membership is like 49 a week we bolt on like a health coaching kind of aspect to that with supplements and things like that. Um, and then we'll add another $49 a week to that membership as well. Supplements, same thing. We, you know, we can bolt on revenue. That's an ongoing supplement sale um, for that, that revenue. So all of those are like bolt on kind of actions that, that we can generate more cash to again, raise that value. If I can get someone to do a $49 membership for our service and then another $49 a week membership or $50 a month membership for supplements or some other kind of idea. Now I've just turned that in, you know, I've added another $50 a month to that, uh, that person's revenue. That's great. Yeah. So now, now we all, I love it. I love it by the way. Now, now, now all we have to do is uh, we've got to, we've, we've got to change the, the, the verbiage, right? The, the, the verbiage has to be like, well, you know, if you want another chink in your armor, since there we're talking you go. about kings and queens. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> By the way, one of my favorite Aerosmith songs was Kings and Queens back in the day. So that's a great song. <laughs> your, uh, your soundtrack uh, to, your, to your commercials. So um, the individuals that you coach that you're giving yep. this, the, this information to, um, how, how far of a swing mentally is it for you to talk the, I don't want to say talk them into it, but for lack of a better term, convince them that, look, it works. Darn it. Would you just follow it? Yeah. Get them uh, to buy in. 
you know, so again, it goes back to coaching, right? So an example that I used a lot for this, because a lot of these guys that are coming in are jujitsu guys or, or martial artists in general. Um, and so I, I kind of go to them and I say, hey, look, if I came to you and I said, hey, I want to be a world champion or I want to be, a, you know, kickboxing pro champion, you know, world kickboxing, whatever, um, or jujitsu guy. And I came to you and I said, hey, I want to be a champion. And you tell me, hey, you got to eat this food. You got to go run every morning. You got to lose weight and get to this weight category. You got to do these drills and do these techniques. And then I came to you and I'm like, well, like, I don't think I want to do any of that stuff, but I still want to be a world champion. So what's another way? You know, you're going to say like, no, you're not going to be a world champion. Yeah. And so like, I kind of relate that back to them. And I'm like, look, you're coming to me. You see that it works for my school. You see that it works for a lot of people that we get are referrals. So you see that it works for your friend. Um, or, you know, you just see all of, like hundreds of testimonials that we have and it's like, it works. So every time you try to throw a variable in there, like you're not going to get the same outcome. So if you just follow the system and, you know, I, I say a thing called like chop the wood, it's like, the system is basic, but if you start like shiny object and you want to change it and you want to, Hey, I'm going to say this instead of this, or I'm going to offer this instead of that. Every time you change that, you're going to get a different result. So like what we have right here works every time. So if you want to do that, follow this system. If you want to play with it, like you can, but let me do the testing on my money. And then, you know, part of the thing is like, I'm constantly testing new offers or different, you know, programs and things like that. Um, so once I test it at mine, then I, sh I shoot it out to some of our, you know, we, we kind of spread it out between the higher end people and the lower end people that are getting different results in our program. And, and if all of them kind of get similar results, then I kind of roll it out to everybody. But um, the whole idea is like, I've tested a lot. I've spent a lot of my own money. I've spent well over $100,000 on courses and um, mentorships and stuff like that. I'm in one right now. I spend 5,000 a month on. Um, so uh, let me spend my money on testing. You guys just do what works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I and I think that the other concept that, and, and what I'm hearing you do is, I mean, you're, you're, um, you know, you're taking the headline and you know, you're, that's your, let's say that's your uh, control. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you're changing the copy. And then once you find the copy that works, then you're going to change the headline and see if that headline works. But now your copy's the control or the picture or whatever yeah. it is. And so I agree. Why not? Why not allow you to spend yeah. your money? And then the second thing is, um, I, I think we as martial artists have a problem where and you brought it up in the beginning of this this podcast was that our egos get in the way you didn't say it exactly that way but the egos get in the way where we have to we think okay we got to change it to my verbiage now so it's got to be this way because this is my personality as opposed to following um you know what actually works you know it, 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 there's a, there's many ways to skin a cat yeah. sorry cat lovers <laughs> there's many ways to skin a cat but there, there probably is only are, are only a few effective ways to get it done efficiently and fast with little to no effort. Yeah. And that's what you're talking about here. And, and also see a profit in the end. Yeah, it's just, it's, you know, for me, it's always time to money. Like how quickly can I get to cash? Like I can, and, and that's why I spend so much on coaching myself on courses and things like that. Because I know that like, if somebody already figured it out, like, I could probably figure it out, but it's going to take me a bunch of money. It's going to take me a bunch of time. It's going to take me a bunch of energy. Um, and I would rather pay for that and just get it right away as a package and say like, implement this. And then what I can do from that is 
make it work for my gym or make it work for other people's academies versus like trying to get the high level, then figure it all out from high level and then try to get it to work on the academies. Like if they have all the steps kind of figured out, boom, I can take that, I can remold it, I can figure it out and then I can implement it right away. Um, and it just, again, time to money. Like I can get to the money faster. And that's why I think coaching is really important. I mean, you know, that's why people do martial arts. Like I could learn all of the techniques off of YouTube eventually. Like <laughs> maybe, maybe not, maybe not as efficient or as proficient as I should, but uh, in general, uh, I could probably learn most of that stuff somewhere for free. But if I go get a coach, if I have an environment around me where other people are winning, like I'm probably going to get better results faster. Yeah, you know, you know, it's so interesting. And this is something really cool for people to listen to. I, I coach about 10 to 12 clients uh, a week, uh, individually, one-on-ones. Some of them do every other week. Uh, so that's why it's 10 to 12. But I, I find what is interesting is number one is the martial artists will always, like Dwayne said, I'll give them my referral program and they will go through it and tweak it to make it their own. Like, you know, I'll say, give out this and they'll give out something else. Like they just got to make it their own because they have to have that control. Typical yeah. martial artists, control freaks, right? But yeah. uh, sometimes they do it and they shoot themselves in the foot. Plus they wasted four or five 10 hours on trying to retweak it to their own their own uh, way which yeah. is so frustrating as a coach the <laughs> other thing i find too is that um you know when they're going through this system let's say you're coaching someone um they're always questioning and then doing pieces of it like they're going well i like some of that idea i'll do some of it but i won't do it all then they're mad at you or not happy with the program because they're like i'm not getting the same results well like hey dummy I, yeah. I told you this is the way to do it. And you changed it. Like, of course, you're not getting the same results, right? Like yeah. I had a client that we worked on tweaking his autoresponder. We found out that a, a bunch of the autoresponders to schedule classes, the links weren't working. And we're wondering like, wow. And he didn't, you know, he set it up for some strange reason. The links were broken, but we, you know, sometimes we put things in place and we don't test it. Or, or we don't go back and make sure it's working right away. We want to say that program is flawed, but it was a simple little thing that needed to be fixed. Yeah. Right. So that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think in general, like, like you said, people just want to mess with stuff. So yeah. us as coaches, like our role is really to um, one break beliefs. So like, I can't charge that much. I can't, not in my area. Like people won't do that. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of times I'll, I'll use, you know, so, I'll use, I, I try to use stories a lot to, to break those beliefs and, and kind of portray why we're doing certain things. But, you know, you, like, I look at that, that story about the pricing of, of my kickboxing, like we were pricing that at 69, $79 a month. It wasn't anything to do with the program. It wasn't anything to do with any other thing than we just priced it wrong. So like by making one change, we were able to, you know, three X the amount of money we made off that one program just by raising the price. It took some time, right? Uh, so we have a, we have one of our, one of our guys is uh, Samir Shantri. He's a uh, like five-time world champion jujitsu guy and kind of same thing. Like he opened up a school doing pretty well, but not like making a bunch of money. Um, uh, he's a good friend of mine. He was actually our first student in our, in our coaching program. Um, and so he, he had been to my school a bunch and saw like we grew really fast and we were making a lot of money. And and he was like, hey, I want to do it over here. So we, we got him set up. And I was like, hey, we're at that time, we were charging 500 for our six-week program. And I was like, hey, charge 500. This is how we do it, blah, 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 all the stuff. 
and and he's like, man, not in my area, can't do it, blah, 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 all this stuff. So same things that every coach hears ever from, you know, any martial art owner, like not my area, people around here, you know, all of the same stuff. Right. Um, so he charged $2.99. So he's charging $2.99, he's selling it, he's doing real well. Um, a month later, I'm like, hey, sell it for $3.99. He's like, okay, okay, I'll raise it up. So he goes to $3.99, you know, sells it, sells it, never any change in, yeah. in uh, conversions. Gets it to $4.99, like by about six months later, he's at $4.99. And he calls me, dude, I sold him the first one at $4.99. I was like, I told you, man, like, that's awesome. And then, uh, and then he, and then it real, then he realized, he's like, man, I just sold like a hundred of these at $2.99, $3.99, four, you know, and I could have sold all of them at $4.99 if I would have listened. So I'm like super excited to sell it at five, but then figured out like, oh my God, I left all this money on the table for so yeah. long. <laughs> yeah, scary, right? And it really yeah. a mindset shift, you know, and and of course there's, you know, for some school owners, I guess there, there definitely is a markup uh, and a market share that you maybe can't go beyond. I'll give you an example. Um, in my area, and this is crazy, I think that they've, they've, they've locked the market down by getting everyone in this one particular business in a room and saying, this is what we're <laughs> going to charge. So I'm, re I'm redoing my kitchen. I'll call up a kitchen guy. Hey, how much is the average kitchen? They've never seen my kitchen. The for all they know, it could be the size of a closet. 50 grand to redo your kitchen. I'm like, but you haven't even seen it yet. Well, that's what we charge for kitchens. And like, I've had estimates. Finally, I got a guy re realistically come and do it. He's gave me a price for like 27,000 for the same exact stuff. But they all probably got together and that was their level, right? And they yeah. set a market. Same thing goes with weddings in our area and, and sweet 16s, which is really big with kids by us. Um, you know, I paid like probably like 14 grand for my daughter's sweet 16 party, like a small mini wedding. But that's what it's going for. You're a baller. How about, yeah. uh, how about those, uh, have you heard of those period parties? No, no, no. What is it? You think I'm kidding? Uh, no, I, I kind of know where you're going with it. But that's exactly where I'm going. When, the, when she has her first menstrual, menstrual cycle, she has a, uh, has a party. That is well, a thing I've now. Not heard of it. I've got three daughters and they're young, but I'm not, I'm not interested in that party. Exactly. I'm not going to that party at all. Um, but you know, it's, it's kind of odd. So I think that like, even in our area, generally the Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys are, you know, 199 to, to, to 3.99 in yeah. price per month. Most karate schools, martial arts schools are probably between like 169 and 199. So the BJJ guys have kind of locked in. Hey, if you want to do BJJ, this is what we charge. So it's expected because yeah. they can shop price and it's all around the same price. So um, I think it be behooves people in area like to get together and say, hey, listen, this is the general market, but martial arts school owners don't work with each other. Yeah, so they're, competitive. Yeah, they're so competitive. <laughs> they're always trying to put the next guy out of business. I'm like, dude, we have so many people. We could, If we got together and we all work together, we'd all be filled. Yeah. But no, you're put, putting me down. Right. This one's putting that one down. Like, and we're all fighting against each other. It's bad for the industry. So the kitchen guys got it. They've marked sure. it up. They're like 50 grand. That's it. You know, that kind of thing. It's crazy. So, um, all right, cool. So then I, we're running really, the time is almost up. We already did like 50 minutes. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, um, I have a question for you. This is kind of a philosophical question. And sure. then Wayne, if you have anything you want to close with, um, so, so in your life, you've been doing this for a long time. You said you have two daughters. How old are they? Three, uh, 12, 12, 10, and uh, five. Wow. So you know how I have a 21-year-old and like literally the minute they were, she was born or your kids were born, our entire existence changed, right? Yep. 
like you you start questioning what you've done before how you're going (laughs) to save your money you know how you act in life you know the things that you say and do and all of that so that leads into this last question so on your and it's not morbid but it's really more of a, a positive question on your deathbed when people come to your funeral and they visit you what do you want to be known for like what would you like people to say about you or think about you what would be your thought and it's a pretty deep question yeah i mean i think just in general and i i, I think uh i can't remember i was talking to one of you before the interview like a couple months ago um you know i think for us as martial art owners uh, you know i think what we do is really honorable really respectable um but we're not we're not on that level with you know bankers lawyers doctors all those kind of things like i live in a pretty nice neighborhood all of my, my people are professionals around me. And like, I go to the pool and I got my, you know, t-shirt on and board shorts or whatever. And, and they're like, Oh, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, Oh, I have a martial arts school. And it's kind of like, Oh really? And you're in our neighborhood. And so like, I think in general, like, and we talked a little bit about pricing and and things like that. You know, if I could help the, the community and raise the pricing up and, and just get the whole industry of martial arts or, or, jujitsu or whatever it is to, to value that the right way and actually make a decent living from it. Um, yeah, I, that, that would be a win for me. Um, obviously my family is, is, you know, I want, I want legacy for my family and things like that. But I think as far as like the martial arts and the business side, um, you know, getting, getting the whole industry raised up, you know, whether it's on that same level as doctors and lawyers or whatever, maybe it won't happen, but, you know, at least getting financially compensated the same, uh, and kind of like a little bit of respect that like, like I said, I think what we do is honorable, whether it's, you know, uh, like the way Dwayne's helping with the, with the health coaching and the weight loss, um, building confidence for kids, leadership, like all of these things are really, really important for our society. Uh, and so, you know, to, you know, just like our school teachers, like don't make a lot of money, our police don't make a lot of money. Like these things should be, uh, paid well. Um, so people are, are, invested and want to be part of that program to you know to grow and and to actually help society yeah that's a good answer i know and, and probably have a whole different thing for your family being a dad and all that other stuff and, and and that's super important for us to consider i can tell you this through covid i've heard from more people that trained with me in the past than ever before maybe it's because they were fearful and then the martial arts they remembered the time when they felt most confident or most in control of their lives. So they were all reaching out to me. Um, And a lot of them too, that were in massive depression. And they looked at me rather than a psychologist. And they were like, hey, Shion or Sensei, um, what would I do? What should I do? I'm feeling this way. But I can tell you that we don't hear it enough, right, Dwayne, too, from our students of how we change their lives. But the few that tell us, tell us that there are way more people out there that are not saying anything and how we've changed their lives for the better and affected their lives and so on. So that's yeah. super admirable. So keep up the great work on what you're doing and, and keep on pushing forward. And Dwayne, do you have anything that you wanted to do to the last question or? To, yeah, to- I'm just curious. Is there anything that uh, we haven't asked that we should have asked? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think we covered a lot, pretty wide variety of uh, topics uh, in that short amount of time. Um, no, I mean, I think, uh, like I said, um, you know, my, my mission is trying to, to raise that, that value up for, for owners. Um, so, you know, I try to do that. Um, you know, other and, what, that- 
And what is your average school that you coach? What are they charging per month on average, you know, in the program? Uh, so industry average, what I, like I talked to so many, so many owners um, and it's always the same, it's always the same thing, right? So it's, uh, hey, I charge 150, but then I'm like, okay, what's your, what's your, uh, you know, how much revenue are you making each month? And then they tell me and the, and the average comes to a hundred dollars. Right. Um, 105, 109, something like that. So uh, on average, I like to get, most of them are coming in at that because they got grandfathered in people. They got, you know, black belts that don't pay. They got this or that, yeah. whatever the reasons are, family discounts. Um, so what I like to do is, is get our people to a minimum of $150 average ticket for their students per yeah. month. Um, so what we do is we, we try to have them follow our system $600 for that six week program. From there, we roll them into a, um, in jujitsu, we call a blue belt program, or depending on, it's basically a one-year membership, not saying you're going to get a blue belt in that time, but you're, you're pushing them to that next level of membership. So for us, it'd be like a blue belt program. Um, when we do that, that's $49 a week for, you know, a year, 18 months, something like that. Um, so we try to get most of the schools that come in to follow that system, like a really great school that I'm actually going to be doing an interview with them, I think on Friday, um, they came into our system. They, they came from a different school. They were opening up their school. They got in right at COVID. So they, they waited until the fall. They opened up uh, back in September. Uh, they followed our system to a T, like exactly what we said, exactly how we do it. Um, so they've been since September or October of last year is when they opened their door. Um, they have 190 students, uh, $37,000 a month in revenue um, in like seven months or eight months, whatever that is. Um, people that come in with the bad habits from before, you know, it's a lot more kind of like changing things in order to get them there. But, but we like to have that minimum of 150 average. Um, and we like people charging about $200 a month for that that stuff. We use weekly pricing because you can increase um, the revenue. My, my grandfather uh, was a rental guy. He had a bunch of rental houses when I was growing up. And uh, so I would go up to his house on Saturday and he would always go and get his suit on and he'd go up to, we live outside of Baltimore. He'd go up, he had a bunch of houses up in Baltimore called row houses. And uh, he'd go up to Baltimore every Saturday and collect his rent. And I'd say, Granddad, why you, why you go up every week to collect your rent? Like, a lot of people just, you know, like your mortgage, you pay up once a month or whatever. And so like, he kind of broke it down to me and he was like, Hey, when I first started buying rental houses, all of my money went to the house. Like I had no extra cash. So if they had a plumbing issue, if they had a roof leak, like I didn't have, and back then, like, you know, this is in the, you know, forties or whatever, like there wasn't credit cards or things like that. You had to pay cash for stuff. And he's like, you know, I didn't have any extra cash. So I figured out like if I charge them weekly, every time I had a problem, I had a little bit of cash sitting around to be able to pay for those expenses for those things. Um, and then he's like, and then I figured out that I, I was actually making an extra month's worth of rent every year yeah. based on, on 52 weeks versus the 12 months. So he said, so I ended up making more money and I had cash flow throughout the time. So that's why we implemented the, the weekly model at our schools is because uh, we wanted that cash flow again, because I want to scale fast. If I have the cash, I can put more money into advertising. Like we spend 6,000 a month on Facebook ads. Um, so, and that's all generated from the people that are coming through our system. And we push that money back 
And that's how we get, you know, 50, 60 people coming in a month. Um, but the idea of having that cash flow all the time and then also generating that extra revenue. That's awesome. Great, great answer. And again, one of the guys, I don't know, um, he's must be on our page. Obviously, his name is Jonathan Shroud. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's my uh, partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jonathan said a lot of golden nuggets being dropped today and uh, he said learn from others' mistakes. He had a lot of comments, so I like it. It's yeah, great. John is a, he's the Facebook guru. So he knows yeah. that like I am, I am not the tech guy at all. Uh, John used to work for NASA. Um, so he's like very tech savvy and, and knows all the Facebook algorithms and all the, all the funky stuff. That's so cool. I can just, I can just run the school. <laughs> Happy to have him on our podcast today as well. So that's great. So, so Dwayne, uh, Lance, if people want yeah. to get a hold of you, how do how do they contact you? Where do they go? Uh, so we have uh, a, a private Facebook group like you guys do. Uh, it's BJJ Business and Martial Arts Marketing. Uh, so if you want to join that group, same kind of stuff that you do here, interviews, free content, stuff like that. Uh, so great stuff there. And then um, growmyacademy.com. Um, got some testimonials. We have a, a five frameworks that we have um, that breaks down kind of the five main points of, a, of an academy and how to, how to get people to opt into leads and, and video um, scripts and things like that are in there. So a lot of great information for kind of the five main things that you need to know in order to grow your academy. That's a free download that they can get access to. So awesome. would, would you be opposed to, uh, rather than saying five frameworks, would you be opposed to, to switching that and saying, you know, like the five castles or something? There I mean, you go. I, I like this. <laughs> well, we, what did we call? I'm going to have to call you on all, on all my uh, naming. <laughs> well, Dwayne, what did we say when we had the five with our coaching business, the five pillars of success, right? And like people didn't realize that what holds up their the, the building, the five pillars that we had, that was what we were using as well. So, I mean, those things, it seems kind of um, unique that most coaches are in the, this five or seven main system. That's it. Yep. I mean, if you can master those five or seven, that's all you need, really. You don't have to have 57 different things. And uh, that's pretty awesome. Again, Very this cool. goes back to like shiny object. Like everybody wants to know the next tactic, the next hack, the next this, the next that. Like if you just do the basics and you do them over and over and over again, um, there's a really famous, you know, jujitsu guy named Hodger Gracie. He's probably one of the best jujitsu guys ever. Um, you know, very, very basic jujitsu, you know, pulls guard, sweeps, gets to mount, cross choke, like as basic jujitsu as you can get. Um, and he wins everything. Uh, and then you have, you know, all these guys doing crazy flying this and, and upside down that. And in reality, like, if you can just master those basics of business, of martial arts, of whatever it is that you're working on, and you can be consistent. There's a great book called The Compound Effect. Yeah. It basically just talks about the consistency. Having consistency over time, you know, makes massive results. And it's That's the awesome. same thing like, hey, in anything that we do, whether it's buying stocks, whether it's buying houses, if you can just consistently do it over time, you're going to be wealthy. You're going to have a successful business. You're going to be a good martial artist. You're going to eat healthier, like whatever it is, like it's basics, do them over and over and over again. And you will, you will have, you will have success in your life. That's now, I know we need to, we need to end, but I, I'm super intrigued about the, the weekly as opposed to monthly, uh, uh, payments. I mean, we, I have an option where you can do it monthly, bi-monthly, or you can do it weekly. Um, mm -hmm. I charge more for weekly um, than I do, but, but you have everybody on weekly. 
everybody's on weekly. So mathematically, you get an 8% increase by having that weekly, um, that weekly model. Um, and you can do this weekly, you can do this bi-weekly, so every two weeks, or you can even do it on a 28-day cycle and you still get the same results. I like weekly. So many, many points to weekly that makes it, makes it uh, attractive, right? So one is, if I tell you it's, you know, for, for us, our, our kind of normal coming off the street, uh, $59 a week. So that's like $260 a month. Um, if I tell you, hey, it's $260 a month, you're like, that's a lot of money. If I tell you it's $59 a week, like it just doesn't sound as much, right? Sure. It's the same, it's the same idea as like a car dealership saying, hey, it's five months or five years or 60 months. Like 60 months just sounds less than five years. What do you do with regards to your like, I don't know if you close at all, but but you know, I there's closings that I have and yet they're still paying that week, but not training. So we and so and this goes back to coaching or any of those kind of things. It's, it's expectations. So we just set those expectations at the beginning. Yeah. So when okay. I have that expectation, um, I say, hey, it's a weekly pricing model. So we, we charge you every week that $49 a week. Um, you can't freeze if you get sick. You can't freeze if you are going out of town. Like you can only freeze a minimum of one month up to a maximum of three months. Um, that's it. If you want out of the contract, you know, it's a three month penalty. Um, so we do months kind of on the idea of freezing and um, cancellation, uh, but on the model of actually paying, it's on that weekly basis. Okay. Right. So again, attractiveness for the client, it's, it's an easier sale when I say 49 a week versus, um, you know, $200 a month. Um, delinquencies, it's easier to get $49 if someone's delinquent than it is to get $200 if they're delinquent. Um the increase in that money, right? So us as, as owners are paying our electric on a daily basis. We're paying our staff typically by the class or by the hour or something like that, which is gonna you know, trickle down to a daily basis. Um, so all of these expenses that we have, um, insurance and things like that typically are going to be um, worked out over the year, but it's, it's calculated on a daily basis. So all of these expenses we're paying on a, on a daily basis or a weekly basis, Yet we're, char we're, we're collecting money on a monthly basis typically. Um, so what happens is we literally take one month out of our pocket and pay for that um, as business owners. So on that weekly model, now, you know, really uh, on average, people are making about $10,000 a year in our industry, 10 to 12,000. By making this one change, they can actually uh, double their profit at the end of the month, at the end of the year, by making that one simple change. Like they'll collect one whole month of revenue um, and not have to pay anything else for that. So there's a lot of pluses to that. Um, and I love it. You, know, you like it? <laughs> I love it. I, yeah, I mean, I have the weekly option, but I never thought yeah. about switching everything just weekly. Yeah. And uh, that, and and I knew that I was making more money on weekly, anyways. Even even the uh, even without the price being a little bit higher. Yep. Um, so I was you making... can even so so the multiplier is a four point three multiplier is is how you figure this out. Um, so just say you're at uh, thirty or one hundred and fifty dollars a month. Um, that's going to work out to mathematically thirty five dollars a week. But if you use the multiplier, it's actually thirty seven dollars a week is what you get. Um, so it actually bumps it up about 10 bucks a month. So even if you want it, so there's a lot of strategies and, and things that we kind of coach on, but one for you right now is 
if you wanted to make that switch, um, you can either switch it on all your new people that come in the door and you, you do that. And then as people come up for renewals, you just say, hey, like we've switched to this weekly pricing model. Uh, I'll keep you at the same price that you're at 150, but now you're gonna pay that you know, $35 a week which is the same that they're paying now, but we're gonna, we're gonna get that extra 0.3 kind of on that. They're not gonna care that they pay 150 or 160. They just know that, hey, cool, I'm paying 35 a week. I was paying 150, it all makes sense. Yep, um, no. I love so, that. I mean, yeah, not, that there wasn't, really well. not, that, not that there wasn't anything else good in this interview, but I, this one stuck out to me big time, so. Yeah, like that works that. really well. And that's one of the, one of the major things. It, like th that one tactic, took us from, uh, we made $65,000 extra in one year from just making that one change. Yep. That was just straight profit. That's Love it. Well, hey, thanks for making time again. Once again, give us where everybody can reach you. Uh, growmyacademy.com would be just like a quick lander. You can throw your email in there, get the free five frameworks, got some testimonials and stuff like that on there for us. Um, and then if you want the free content weekly basis, um, we have the BJJ business and martial arts marketing Facebook group. Uh, and then anybody can just search up Lance Trippett uh, on Instagram or uh, Facebook. And, and I'll uh, do me a favor and just message me that uh, those links and everything um, through our messenger, if you would, yep. because I'm going to put that on the uh, actual podcast. Okay. So uh, if, if somebody's looking for it, you can go to schoolownertalk.com forward slash 270. Again, that's schoolownertalk.com forward slash 270. You can get all of uh, all of Lance's information there. Lance, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Right. Thank and you guys so much as well. Don't forget our sponsors. We have EliteInsights.com, uh, SparkMembership.com, um, LeadHunterMedia.com, and your coaching program as well. They can reach out to you for the health coaching uh, at Dwayne Brummett on Facebook or however. How do you like them to get in touch with you, Dwayne? Uh, you know, yeah, they can message me on Facebook. That's fine. Awesome, guys. It was great, great call. Thank you, bud. We appreciate it. It's great talking to you. And we got to talk to you about more sponsorship from and get you to be one of the sponsors in our program. That'd be great. We'd love to have you. All right. All right. Thanks awesome. so much. Take All right, care. Have a good one, sir. Thanks, Dwayne. Bye. Take care.